right, back to Philippians chapter number three. Uh, I recently, <clears throat> uh, preaching from uh, in well Sunday school, even today, and some of the message messages, we talked about the fact that we have the treasure of the gospel, grace of God, uh, in earthen vessels. We uh, looked at the fact that we have to give God the glory for everything uh, that is done uh, through Him uh, in our ministries as a pastor, as uh, you know, uh, as as lay people uh, in a church. Doesn't matter what we do uh, in our service for God. We give God the glory for uh, everything. And uh, the Apostle Paul uh, was the one speaking that and uh, in reminding uh, the church uh, that it is earthen vessels that that treasure is in. Uh, and I referenced uh, in a passing way the fact that Paul uh, had quite the pedigree. Uh, and we'll read about that in the beginning part uh, of chapter number 3 of the book of Philippians. Uh, and uh, and he, had, uh, he had reasons to brag uh, about who he was. In fact, let's look at it. Uh, he says this in verse number 5, "...circumcised the eighth day of the stock of Israel of the tribe of Benjamin, and Hebrew of the Hebrews, as touching the law of Pharisee, concerning zeal, persecuting the church, touching the righteous, which is in the law blameless. But what things were gained to me, those I counted loss for Christ." And goes on to say, "...yea, doubtless I count all things but loss for the excellency." of the knowledge of Christ Jesus. He counts those things, uh, he says, but dung. Uh, and so all that he was, uh, humanly speaking, uh, his education, the fact that uh, his, you know, his gene pool where he came from, uh, all the stuff that for uh, a time, uh, everybody can say, that guy, he's somebody. He, had, he has the pedigree, he has the education, he has all that. He says, uh, but it's nothing. He counts them all uh, but loss. And so he's giving to the church at Philippi a testimony uh, in laying out um, how he feels about himself. And then in our text that we read a little bit ago, uh, is basically telling them that they need to be of the same mind. Uh, elsewhere in the Bible, Paul says, uh, the things that you see in me and hear in me, he says to do them. He says, follow me as I follow Christ. He's doing the same thing here to, in the church of Philippi. Uh, I say it all the time. I love the Apostle Paul. Uh, I love, uh, of course, what God has allowed for him to write under inspiration of God uh, in Scripture. Um, I, I think of the Apostle Paul uh, as the spokesperson, if you will, for the church age. Uh, most of his epistles, uh, at, uh, 90% of the New Testament, by the way, uh, is just telling us how we're supposed to live, things that we're supposed to do because we are Christians, all right? Um, it, it's, it just focuses in on that. We're not, um, we don't punch our ticket to go to heaven and then we just get to live willy-nilly any old way we want to in our life. Uh, God has some expectations for us uh, and, he's, and He's clear about them in the Bible. One of my responsibilities as a pastor uh, is to remind uh, you, to remind myself uh, of those expectations. We want to please God. We want to bring glory to God uh, with our lives. We want to let our light shine. We're salt. And if we lose it's our savor, we're good for nothing. Uh, we're, we're lights. And if we hide that light, uh, it's a shame, the Bible says. There are people aren't getting saved because our gospel uh, is hidden. So there are expectations in the Bible that God lays out for us, uh, and he's doing this uh, for the church at Philippi uh, in particular. Now, uh, I've, uh, all the time uh, in preaching, I take illustrations from uh, my own life and things that, uh, that uh, I go through and, uh, or that I experience or see or hear, uh, and they will find their way into my message, or they may even be something like, well, I'm looking up a verse 
uh, or a passage of scripture about that. And, uh, and I think, oh, that's good. That'll preach. And uh, maybe I'll write that down and preach that. Usually if I'm, if I'm writing out my messages or typing out my messages, I'm, I'm putting seed thoughts uh, for other messages aside and we'll develop uh, those uh, later. Uh, but uh, during study for Sunday school, um, and looking at Paul in his second missionary journey as he went to Corinth. Uh, it was a, uh, a city, a bustling city, uh, filled with commerce, but it was also a very sinful city. Uh, and as he reached people with the gospel there, uh, these were people that were um, messed up people, uh, and he runs down a list and he says, this is what you were. And by the way, he's trying to teach them, you're no longer these. Uh, you've been saved by grace, uh, and he's trying to help clean up the church at Corinth. We know that from his letters. And Paul is very straightforward uh, about uh, those facts and those beliefs. And he'll often call people uh, out uh, by name uh, in doing so. Uh, I'm not going to do that today uh, by name, but I do have uh, here, uh, I call them nasty grams. Uh, and uh, and I, don't, I save them all. I don't know why I just don't throw them into garbage or shred them or whatever. Uh, but every now and then, pastors will get nasty grams. And this is one that I've had uh, for uh, a little while. Uh, and, uh, and I'm going to use it as an illustration. And I'm also uh, going to uh, use Dominic uh, for the illustration today. And, uh, and so he didn't know that. I just surprised him. Uh, and, uh, and so it's all good. I'm proud of Dominic uh, and uh, thankful for him. Um, Paul's talking about Christian maturity, and uh, and I'm just I'm just going to use this illustration. And, and, and he gives us an example, and he tells us what Christian maturity is here in just a second. And I'm going to point that out, but I'm going to illustrate uh, what I said in the introduction. And uh, so, <clears throat> if you're new here, pardon me. If you're new here, <coughs> this is Independent Fundamental Baptist Church, and uh, we have, for lack of a better term, leadership requirements. And so, um, you know, if you teach Sunday school class, there's leadership requirements for that. There's leadership requirements if you work on the bus. There's different things. And if you want to know what those are, you can read about those. We have them uh, written down. And we hand them out. In fact, we'll probably in the month of October, we'll do a new members class, prospective members class. I'll teach that for three weeks. And you'll be able to get copies of those uh, as well. And, uh, and so um, uh, we have leadership requirements for the choir. Uh, and uh, some of those have to do with, um, with how we dress, uh, ev- everything to do with we just don't want to have, um, you know, nose rings and all kinds of different stuff. Um, we, there's just there's reasons for all of that. And we don't want, I don't want to get into what's worldly and what's not worldly. Uh, and um, it, it's not as much of a gray area as you, as you think. Um, but we, we have those because you have to have a standard. Uh, when you don't have a standard, then everybody does that which is right in their own eyes. Uh, and things often progress in, in the directions that they can. So I, I believe we have a very uh, basic, um, minimal standard uh, that works for everybody. Uh, but in order to be in the choir, uh, you, you have to submit to those leadership requirements. And, uh, and I, I oftentimes express it to people um, uh, this way. It doesn't matter what it is. If it's join the choir, if it's whatever, it's some vice, I'll, I'll say like, okay, is, is God bigger than your cigarettes? Somebody who's trying to quit smoking cigarettes. 
I say, is your God bigger? It's like, I can't do it. No, it's, I understand it's, it's a habit. There's addiction and all that, but you can do all things uh, through Christ. And, uh, and, uh, and we apply that to um, the stuff we want to and, uh, and not to the things we don't want. But, but it's, uh, lot, oftentimes in our life, it's, it's I won't, not I can't. Uh, and, uh, and so we'd say, is God bigger than your cigarette? So Dominic wanted to join the choir. <clears throat> and so Dominic, before today, had a long ponytail. And uh, so he and I were at the barber's yesterday. I got my hair cut, and he got his hair cut. Uh, and it's because he wanted to join the choir. And, uh, and so one of the leadership requirements for joining the choir is, is not long. And by the way, I have short hair because I don't know how long long is. <laughs> All right? The Bible says it's a shame for a man to have long hair. And so I just cut it off, you know, keep it short, and... Uh, uh, and, uh, you know, somebody said it because I posted about it. Someone said, oh, this is coming from a guy who wears a hat almost every day or whatever. I said, I comb my hair on Sundays and Wednesdays. Uh, and, uh, and so, uh, and so um, Dominic was going to join the choir. So he was in for choir practice. And, and, uh, and so, I, I, you know, I, I kind of put it off just because I get letters like this. And so he come for practice and, and, and um, um, or no, came in uh, for the next Sunday and I pulled him aside just, hey, Man, I, I want you to be in choir. Love you. I want to be, you to be in choir. But in order to be in choir, you've got to get a haircut. So you just got to think about it. It's leadership requirements. I uh, said, so we don't want purple hair. We don't want, you know, et cetera, et cetera. And explain it to him. And as a pastor, I have to have those, I call them crucial conversations with people all the time. And, uh, and so when I do that, I don't know how people are going to respond. Uh, when I do that, but I have to have them. And, I, and oftentimes I have those conversations just because, you know, it's um, uh, people get mad at people, and and again, if they get mad at me, I can kind of take it, uh, and uh, and so I had this conversation, and he's thinking about, it. and uh, and so uh, obviously he got a haircut. Uh, mentioned that you can see that he looks good, doesn't he? Uh, and uh, and so and he's in the choir, um, but he handled it that conversation like a champ. He did. Um, let me read this. <clears throat> and this was a, you know, a, a letter to inform me of their decision to not attend church. Uh, and, uh, and so uh, it said an issue that was disturbing to them was the lady's dress requirement for choir uh, and platform ministry, which uh, she attached it was from our leadership requirements. And so, um, and again, this really didn't even apply to them or whatever, and they weren't going to end up joining the choir because of some other reasons. Uh, but this is, this is what uh, this person said. I was appalled by the insensitivity uh, to the emotional impression of individuals receiving such an outrageous descriptive dress code, which I considered to be judgmental, hurtful, and controlling. Choir robes would definitely be long enough, loose enough, high enough, and thick enough to cover up all the offensive curves, necklines, legs, and backsides of the ladies. Uh, and it goes, you know, uh, it, it, you know, if we had a spirit of love, we would stop, you know, telling people and being offensive and all those kind of things. Um, how, how old are you? 18. He's 18 years old. Uh, and uh, <coughs> um, this individual is probably like 80. But he showed more spiritual maturity. Than the 80-year-old. Are you following me? Um, God was bigger than his ponytail. And, uh, and so he cut it off so he can serve the Lord. 
<coughs> this person, and, uh, and again, uh, towards the end, uh, <coughs> what does it say here? Oh, uh, that, you know, the passage towards the beginning says that, you know, they're going to not be coming to church. The smiles and friendly manner of all my friends in the church and your exceptional sermons will be greatly missed. You ever, you ever, try, to, you ever try to butter somebody, you know, you go into the, the principal's office and they tell you, boy, you look really nice today or whatever, and then they, then they rip your head off. It was kind of, that was kind of in the spirit of that, I guess. Uh, and, uh, but my point is this is that a person can be saved and attend church every Sunday for their entire life and, uh, and not mature. Uh, in, in a moment like that, if you're deciding, is the Lord wants me to be in the choir, uh, then, you know, if, if, if this is, and he, and he didn't under, he's like, he told us, I, I don't understand it all, uh, but that's what pastor wants, so I'll do it. And, and, uh, and that's really, if I wanted the choir to wear purple Barney suits <laughs> to sing in the choir, I could do that. I don't have to have a Bible verse for it. Uh, and uh, yeah, brother, brother, read. Uh, he's like, come on, boys and girls. And uh, and uh, so if I if I wanted him, if I wanted him, yeah, I do lots of impressions. If you get me going, I. Um, but I don't have to have a Bible verse. And again, you know whether it, and I, I don't, this isn't really a topic, but. Um, uh, if you work places, they have dress codes, and you know you can't wear what you want to work, right? You've got to uh, some places you have to cut your hair, you know, to work there, uh, or can't have a beard because it'll fall on the food or whatever. Uh, and so everybody's got standards. The world's got standards. But I, but I'm using that to illustrate because it's an obvious one uh, today uh, that an 18-year-old can make a spiritual decision, a mature spiritual decision uh, to obey the Spirit's leading in his life and to remove an obstacle that would hinder that, uh, and to do it with grace, uh, not even understanding the whole thing, but, but, but do it, uh, and do it as unto the Lord. And you can have somebody who is aged who'd have been saved um, you know, three, four times uh, as long as he's been alive, uh, and make a poor spiritual decision, and be critical uh, about something that if I was just able to sit and explain it to them for five minutes that they probably would have been fine and left, and left the church, even though they have friends and, and, and they're being fed uh, the word of God, they decide to quit uh, because in order to sing in the choir, uh, they would have to uh, conform uh, to a leadership requirement. So spiritual maturity uh, does not automatically come with, with years under your belt. Uh, and you can, you can uh, you know, and I'm, uh, I, again, I'm proud of Dominic for doing that, and, and it's just uh, um, it's a, it's a blessing, and, and, he, and he sings well, and I'm glad that he's in the choir. Uh, and uh, but um, there's a lot of things that why I'm proud of that for him. Uh, but but we all have a responsibility to mature. That word perfect that we read here isn't it, it means maturity, going on to maturity. Now let's go back into it, uh, and uh, and I'm using that. I just want you to understand. Uh, that if you think you've arrived in your spiritual maturity, that is an indication that you haven't. All right. Uh, we, everyone has room for improvement. We're all growing. Until we see him as he is, uh, we, we have, we're living in sinful flesh, and there's just going to be uh, struggles all along. But Paul said uh, his 
one thing. There was one thing that he does. And by the way, he was, he was a specialist. Uh, and, uh, and he decided that that was going to be his focus uh, in pressing towards that mark. And as I was alluding to at the beginning at Corinth, uh, and as the Lord inspired these writings, Paul used a lot of athletic uh, analogies uh, to, to describe what uh, the Christian life is supposed to, to be like. Uh, and uh, he said in 1 Corinthians 9, uh, he said that we uh, were running a race. In all that run, but one receiveth the prize. So run that ye may obtain. Verses chapter number 9, verses 24 through 27. is an every man that striveth for the mastery is temperate in all things. Uh, now they do it to obtain a now they do it to obtain a corruptible crown, but we an incorruptible. I therefore so run, so uh, not as uncertainty, so fight I not as one that beateth the air, but I keep under my body and bring it to subjection, lest by any means when I have preached to others, I myself should be a castaway. And so he says to the church at Corinth uh, that you're gonna you're running a race. Uh, and uh, he tells the Hebrew Christians uh, in Hebrews chapter number twelve uh, that uh, they're to lay aside every weight. Uh, and every uh, sin which doth so easily beset us and let us run the race with patience. Uh, he says in Corinthians, we're supposed to strive and run it lawfully. He says uh, we're supposed to do so uh, with patience and, uh, and to run well. Uh, in Galatians 5 verse 7, he says, you, ye did run well. Who did hinder you that you should not obey the truth? To the Galatian Christians who had been bewitched by the false teachers, he's like, you're you running well and then you're off, you're, then you're off, you're off the path. Someone's, someone has taught you something and has distracted you and got you out. So the people at Corinth in particular, because that's where the games were in Rome and, uh, and uh, the Colosseums and everything in that region. Uh, so he would use these sports analogies to help, you know. So people say we're running a race or we're living our dash. Uh, and uh, we, we talk about destiny uh, or uh, or, you know, what God has a plan, the, the, the sovereignty of God. We are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus unto good works. And Paul is saying to the church at Philippi, which they love the Lord, uh, and they were serving him. Uh, and, uh, and he says, uh, he's, he gives his testimony, and he says, this is, this is where I came from. And they all knew uh, who Paul was and, uh, and who he was before he got saved. And, uh, and uh, in fact, he listed it out here that he did that. Elsewhere, he said he did it in ignorance, and God gave him grace. Uh, but he, was, he had zeal. Uh, and uh, it, his service for God, uh, and in his service for God, he was killing um, uh, Bible-believing, you know, gospel-saved, blood-bought Christians. Uh, that, uh, and he was doing all that. And he said that God found him, was in his own righteousness, and his goal, he says, that I may know him and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his suffering being made conformable unto his death. Basically, uh, as we get down, and I want to focus in on verse number 15, he says, Let us therefore, as many as be perfect, be thus minded, and if anything ye be otherwise minded, God shall reveal even this unto you. Uh, so he lists out um, uh, that he's going to just... Go forward, forgetting those things which are past. And there's the application that we forget the negative things of our past. But what he's challenging them for, uh, and I've preached it before, so I'm not going to preach it again, uh, is even the things that we've attained, the blessings, right? We can rest uh, on uh, the, uh, the blessings that God has given us. 
Uh, we can look back, you know, we're saved and God's our families and God has us, you know, uh, in this whatever place in our life and we can be thankful for all that God has done. But we can look back at all that God has done and it, and it really kind of um, paralyzes us to do anything in the present. Uh, it, we, have, we have blessed assurance <laughs> because we're saved. We believe in eternal security because we're saved. We, uh, we know that nothing can separate us from the love of God because God saves us and He keeps us. Uh, and, uh, and because of the knowledge that He gives us in the Word of God, in, in human, sinful, you know, uh, expected ways, uh, we flip it all around uh, to justify uh, our lack of, uh, of devotion to God, uh, our lack of service to God. Uh, if you're here today and you've been bought by the blood of Jesus Christ, you've been redeemed, you're no longer under condemnation. Uh, and, uh, and if you're sincerely saved, God changes you, yes. Uh, but you, uh, there are people who are saved uh, and they just, and they don't grow. They don't mature. Um, and, uh, and there are a lot of things that factor into that. You know, how much time we're in the Bible the pushback we get, how many times we, God says do something, we like no, uh, or we take the image of God that we've curated in our mind and we apply that to the Bible uh, and we interpret it through, through that kind of prism. Uh, and well, God, you know, we, it, it says that God sends people who aren't saved uh, to a place called hell. And we think God is a God of love, so he must, you know, he, he, he doesn't do that. And, uh, and there's much of Christianity uh, that is worshiping a God of their own mind, and he's not the God of the Bible. And so uh, he says, I'm pressing towards the mark for the high calling. And so he's pressing, here's the two things he's pressing towards. He wants to know Jesus, uh, and he wants to be like Jesus. That's what he wants to do. Um, and all three, he says, he says, I'm pressing, I don't want to be a castaway. I'm going to put my body into subjection. He was dying to self daily. Uh, he, would, and he would describe the, um, how hard it was in, in the book of Romans. He said, my, my flesh wants to do this. Things I want to do, I don't. Things I, 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 I'm supposed to do. Uh, he, he, he struggled between the flesh and the spirit, and he described that battle in, in, in great detail. And he says, you've got to, if you walk in the spirit, you won't fulfill the lust of the flesh. Uh, and, uh, and he had struggles all along the way. And he says, I'm the chiefest of sinners. Uh, and, uh, and so the chiefest of sinners trying to help sinners, uh, saying, here's what the Bible says. And he says, there are two things. And I'm, I'm focused uh, like a laser beam. I want to I wanna know Jesus in the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his suffering. Uh, I want to be conformed to him. I want to become like him. And he challenges New Testament Christians all throughout the Bible to do so. He's our example. Uh, and, uh, and so Jesus uh, was what, you know, years ago they had the brace. What would Jesus do? Uh, and we have to look at the circumstances that come up in our life, and we have to say, okay, what would the Lord have me to do? How would Jesus uh, approach the situation? Uh, and we temper uh, those uh, activities, decisions, uh, through uh, that knowledge from the Bible. And so uh, he says, this, I am, uh, I'm saved in everything that I, that my pedigree, all that, none of that matters. Um, who I was, I was a Pharisee of the Pharisees. He was, um, he's a tent maker. Uh, he, he, he had a trade that he knew. And, uh, and, uh, but I guarantee you, when he was uh, a, a religious zealot uh, and doing all that he did before, uh, he probably didn't have a want 
uh, for finances and money. And now he's living hand to mouth as a, as a missionary. Uh, he's making tents. Uh, and he says, all of that, where I came from, my education, my family background, all of that's nothing. Uh, I, I, I count it but loss uh, for the excellency of Christ. Uh, and um, I described <clears throat> Dominic in a, a post as a, um, a bus team. And, uh, and so people, somebody goes, what's the difference between a bus team and a regular team? Uh, and, and I know where they're going. They're, they're just, they don't want a difference. And we don't. We don't have a distinction. Um, it really, for me, uh, saying bus team is almost like a, a term of endearment. It's like when somebody calls me preacher. And uh, I somebody say, somebody, I called, I called uh, my pastor preacher in a hospital of a dying man one day. And uh, as a preacher, he goes, he's not your preacher, he's your pastor. And I'm like, okay, pastor. <laughs> uh, you know, and, uh, and whatever. But to me, it was just a term of endearment. And I, you know, and so when people call me that or I sign things, I do that. And so here's the, here's, here's the difference. That's why I said, I'll tell you what a bus teen is if you tell me what a regular teen is. And of course, he couldn't do that. And, and, uh, and I was just kind of playing devil's advocate. But, um, but, but here's, here's the distinction. When I say bus teen, to me, it describes a couple of things. Usually, they come to church without family. And as a teenager, choosing to come to church without family is awesome. Because there's teenagers that go to church and they're drugged to church. They don't want to go. Uh, and so absent parents who are dragging you to church, you decide you want to go, so you go. Um, usually more challenges in the home because their parents are lost. So not with, in his case, but in, in a generalized case, you've got all kinds of things that, that go on uh, in the home. So you're in that environment, and you choose to go to church. And by the way, uh, sometimes uh, bus teens choose to go to church because that's the safest place for them. And uh, <clears throat> Paul had everything. <clears throat> and, uh, and he says, I count it but loss. And he says, it's one thing I do. I'm pressing towards the high calling. I want to know him, and I, his power of his resurrection, and I want to be like him. And here's what he said. He says, those of you, verse number 15, let us therefore, as many as be perfect. That doesn't mean perfect like you think perfect. Without blemish or, or whatever, you know, um, you know, perfect like Pastor Reno. <laughs> and uh, so it's, it's, it means mature. Uh, that's the context that's there. So he's, he's saying spiritual maturity uh, is wanting to know Jesus and to be like Jesus. Uh, and, uh, and he says, I'm doing this. And he says, I want every one of you who is perfect, who is mature, to be thus minded. Have you ever heard this? Um, as a parent, you may have said this to your kids. You might say, okay, when you're a parent, you'll understand. You know, uh, when you've got to make rules and your kids don't like you, I mean, you're going to get it. And, you know, kids roll their eyeballs. Uh, and, uh, and, and, and then when they have kids or whatever, I mean, they do. They get it. Like the, the light bulb comes on. And, uh, and, and usually they go, uh, you know, 
uh, I appreciate, and, and they, you know, apologies would come or just whatever. And so they'll, they'll say, you know, when you, uh, you know, when you get to be a parent, and you'll, you'll understand that. What Paul is saying to these Christians, he's saying, I want you, my prayer for you, and I want you to be the same mind uh, as, as I am. Uh, that you know God and you want to be like him. Uh, and, uh, and that's the mind that you need to have. And if you be otherwise minded, um, what does it say? Uh, it says, if you otherwise minded, God shall reveal even this unto you. So it's all Bible speak for the fact. It's like this is what God wants, and God's given Paul this under inspiration. Uh, he's used and he's given a testimony, and the purpose of that testimony is to help the Philippian church attenders, those who are saved uh, and attending there, uh, that ma- spiritual maturity uh, that he is describing is the only goal that they should have, and that they should all walk by the same mind and the same rule. And he says, and if you don't have that same mind, um, God, God will, God's going to show you that you were wrong when you get to heaven. Uh, and uh, he says, if you be thus minded, if anything be otherwise minded, God shall reveal even this unto you. Uh, so uh, he says, if you want to be spiritually mature, you got to know God uh, and be like God, and you need to press towards this, this high calling and, and not live like you've arrived and, uh, and you're, you're growing. And he describes that elsewhere in the Bible. He says, nevertheless, verse 16, whereunto we have already attained, let us walk by the same rule, let us mind the same thing. So in verse 15 and 16, the purpose for which uh, he gives this testimony uh, is, is showed to us. Uh, it was recorded by Paul under inspiration of the Spirit, uh, and, uh, and, and the same principles need to be borne out in all of our lives as Christians. Uh, those principles are uh, devotion to Christ as a person uh, and a trusting in uh, the righteousness of God uh, and, um, and, 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 incre- and increasing through growth, increasing conformity uh, to Him uh, via a willingness to suffer, the fellowship of his suffering, being con- made conformable or part of uh, his death, uh, and, uh, and ex- in, in increasing um, love for uh, his yoke, his cause, uh, and uh, until uh, till you, till you see him as he is. And that is the sign of spiritual maturity. And what I'm saying to all of you today is, is that you can... You can one of the reasons why God says for, for teenagers, for young people to be an example uh, to the believers, and he lists out all the, the reasons, because teenagers aren't the future, they're the present. Uh, and uh, and, and I always look, I've always looked at teenagers as being, uh, they're part of our body. It's, I, I don't want them to have a separate identity uh, from our church, they're part of our church body. Uh, and, uh, and so um, I'm, just, I'm just saying, um, there, are, there are young people, in churches all across America that are more spiritually mature than some of the aged saints in those churches. And uh, some of that, obviously, um, remember, remember when you first got saved and you were excited about God? Remember that? And uh, I just really honestly feel like for a lot of Christians who have been saved for a while, it's like the newness has worn off. 
and, um, and, and, we, and we look at it. It's like, I want to sing in the choir. Uh, and uh, pastor lights sing choir. Okay, great. Uh, and, um, you know, and, and it's, it's kind and as tactfully and as like, you know, in the best way possible and, and laying it out and it's like, you know, um, you know, this is what we do uh, and I hope you want to do it. Blah. I've had it for, for te- you know, being in nursery or just whatever. It's just like, you know, I just think and, and uh, God doesn't whatever and, and on and on and on and on. And who do you think you are? And, uh, and, uh, and you make these people feel this way and, and on and on and on. I told, I told um, uh, a, a preacher last week, he, he couldn't stop laughing. I think it was last week, week before that. Uh, and uh, about, mo- he's talking about modesty or whatever. And I'm glad that it's, getting, it's starting to get cold out. Uh, I just, as a, I mean, I love it. I, I wish it was cold all the time. Because people put their clothes back on. Uh, but I said, I described it one time, and I've got, I've got to almost make fun of it. I got, you know, it's like, I just believe God wants us to, uh, to look like Christians, talk like Christians, etc. And we can, you describe that in different ways. But when I say that, people get so mad. They're like, ugh, you know, and uh, God doesn't care. He does. The Bible's very clear he does. And uh, we tell ourselves that to make ourselves feel better. Uh, and, uh, and so I told him, I said, we just established a chicken rule at our church. And he goes, what's the chicken rule? I said, uh, no, no wings, no thighs, no breasts. <laughs> uh, and, uh, and so uh, he was laughing. He's like, he's almost like his, his food almost came out of his nose. Uh, and he says, we're going to do the chicken rule at our church. And, and, uh, and so I, as I described that, I said, I'm not going to have my wife. I'll just come to you and go, you know, and, uh, and uh, let you know that maybe you've violated the chicken rule. But we have to throw humor and stories and everything because people, people just get so torn up about some of the silliest things. And, um, and, and so, you know, so that's why I go, to, I go to, you know, Dominic, like, you know, and, uh, and, and here's what we do, and I know this, and whatever. Uh, and uh, because you never know how someone's going to respond. Because a typical response is, well, if that's what you want from me, then I'm not coming here. I'm done. And then, and then they go elsewhere and criticize and just say, oh, they whatever, and on and on and on and on and on. And, uh, and so it's kind of like, hey, you know, um, this is what we do. You just got to make a choice. If you want to sing in the choir, if that's what God wants you to do, then this is what we're asking. It's simple. And, uh, and, like, and so, you know, he did it. Didn't leave. Didn't bad, you know, I can't believe. I'm going to do it, but it's stupid. And he just, it just wasn't like that. He didn't, he didn't write me a nasty gram and leave the church. And, and, I'll, and I'm just saying, and, I, and I'm not doing this to build, you know, um, you know Dominic up in a, in a negative way. I'm, I'm thankful for him. Um, but I'm just using him as an example. And it's good, and I think it's important um, that, that he can have more spiritual maturity in how to take that standard and just go, okay, it's all good. Then somebody who's 80 years old and gets all whatever and, um, you know, and has to do that. And um, I keep all the nasty grams, by the way. And uh, all of us have to grow. 
and he says, we all have to have this same. And you say, I just don't, I just don't, I just don't think, I just don't agree, Pastor. Um, you're going to know when you stand before God. He's saying, if, Paul's saying, if you don't, if you don't have this same mind uh, to press towards this mark for the high calling in this way, uh, and to know Him and to be like Him and to run your race and to run it lawfully, strivingly, He qualifies it with other passages of Scripture. Uh, and uh, and if and if you if you don't do that, and you just you have some other mind, like oh God doesn't care, God doesn't want that level of devotion for me. He doesn't want me to be a living sacrifice or live a crucified life. Uh, he doesn't he doesn't expect me to serve him or go to church every week or whatever. Uh, and uh, and 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 you have another mind. He he says Paul just says you know uh, you, you're going to figure it out one day, and you're going to know this is true. And I'm saying to, like a parent would to a kid who would say, to their own child who says, okay, when you, when you grow up, you're going to feel the same way. Paul says, when you mature spiritually, you're going to feel the same way that I do about God and, and, and serve Him the same way. And, uh, and, and, and we have it laid out for us in such plain language. Uh, and, uh, and then he goes on and says, and mark those who don't. Uh, and uh, look what it says as we go a little further. Brethren, be, verse 17, be followers together of me and mark them which walk so as ye have also for an example. For many walk of whom I have told you often. And I'll tell you even weeping that they are the enemies of Christ, uh, the cross of Christ, whose end is destruction, whose God is their belly, whose glory is their shame, who mind earthly things. He's saying this is the mind that you need to have. And, and there are some that don't. Uh, and uh, they mind earthly things, and God is their base. Basically, saying it's all about them, uh, and and to and to mark them, uh, and to say so. Uh, in a way, I'm kind of marking uh, through this analogy of choir the distinction, the difference between uh, a, a mature decision. And uh, and by the way, um, you know, you, you can form. You can form to all kinds of rules and laws and all kinds of stuff that you don't agree with every day of your life. Uh, and um, um, why is it that we only complain about the church ones? It's it, it just like, you know, if they said, hey, you got to wear this uniform to work here, you're like, I'm not, that's dumb. Why do I got to wear a uniform? Nah, that's because what's that's what we do. Well, I'm no, no, I'm out. Okay, they're like, okay, next applicant, please. I mean, we fought, we follow them all the time, and um, and so maturity uh, is not necessarily something we get with the years passing, and um, in spiritual maturity, will escalate um, to the probably commensurate to uh, the amount of or to our willingness to follow the Spirit's leading in our life. When we read the book and, and it's like, oh, that, that's me. I need to fix that. That's maturity. Uh, we hear the message and it's like, you know, pastor's like, he must have been looking in my window and, uh, and it's like, I'm not going to get, I'm just going to fix it. The word of God is sharp, sharper than a two-edged sword. And pastor stuck it in, twisted it today. And, uh, but praise God, 
because I need to change. It's, it's humility and it's patience. It's, it's loving kindness. It's, it's in, in fact, God says in his word that sometimes we obey and then God, God gives us the doctrine. It's like we submit, we submit to it. And God, and God blesses that, by the way. Um, there's, you do a lot of things in your life you don't understand, fully understand. Um, but somehow you've got to have, you know, 15, you know, coordinating scriptures uh, to, to apply, to, to justify or whatever, to make us do something that is just, just plainly there um, for continuity and unity. Uh, and uh, because if we didn't have, if we didn't have leadership requirements from the choir, and everybody just, you know, it would be crazy. Uh, and um, it, it would just, it, it, and, and so they're there for a very benign reason in one respect. Uh, and uh, for consistency, and, and sometimes people go, God, God's given me a gift to sing, and I know I'm supposed to use that gift for God, but I'm not doing it if i got to put a skirt on. I'm not doing it if i got to cut my hair. Are you following me? That's not, that's not maturity as a Christian. That, 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 is, that is the opposite. And, uh, and, uh, and so, um, please understand my heart. Um, I, wish, I wish everybody just did what the Bible said and pastors didn't have to have any of those things. Amen. I just really do. And I get tired of getting beat up about them. I, I, I'm, I'm just honest. Uh, it just, I get sick of it. And, uh, <clears throat> and so, Dominic cutting his hair is probably... A simple thing. Huge blessing. Because he was mature enough to not set aside the influences his church has had on him. <coughs> Over something so stupid. And I feel good about that. And, um, and I'd really love that if it's like, <coughs> I have to talk to you about some crucial thing, that you had the same mind. And uh, I think God honors that. I, just, I really do. <clears throat> so somebody was asked me like today or whatever yesterday, what's the coolest thing uh, in, that God has done in 2022? And I'm like, I had a bus kid cut his hair to join the choir. <laughs> it's awesome. Let's all stand. <clears throat> Let's all have the same mind and the same rule. And just obey the Lord. As the panel begins to play, and I'm just going to stop talking, invitation is open. And um, are you maturing like God would have you to mature? <clears throat> By the way, there's nothing that I've said today that should offend you. 
if you're here and you're visiting and you say, what did I just walk into? It's just simply a church. We want to honor the Lord and obey the Lord and be examples. And sometimes, you know, sometimes it's doing things that we don't understand. I always go back to the example of Timothy and when they're all the big, you know, to do about um, him being a Gentile and circumcision and everything else. And he just says, you're just going to have to do this because it offends the Jews. He didn't have to do it. But he did it. I mean, he had a pretty valid argument that he could have just expressed, but he just didn't. 